Hello and welcome to Weirdos in the Wild with our co-host, A.J. Oxley, paranormal investigator with Beyond This Life Paranormal and multi-generational paranormal enthusiast, and Lynn Tencher, Beyond This Life Paranormal investigator, Reiki master, published author, and near-death experiencer. Travel with them, a couple of everyday weirdos, on a wild ride to all things paranormal and metaphysical. Coming up on Weirdos in the Wild, Bob Ginsberg is featured on the Netflix series Surviving Death, founder of Forever Family Foundation, editor of Signs of Life magazine, and host of Signs of Life Radio, sits down with AJ and Lynn to talk about near-death experiences, mediumship, and the survival of consciousness. Stay tuned. Hydra Publications is your one stop for the best in genre fiction. Secrets and Blood is the debut horror novel from Dewey Hensley. Evangeline Grace, the sheriff in a small town, eastern Kentucky coal mining county, longs to start a new life in another place. However, present and past evils conspire to jeopardize her plans and end the lives of those she loves, including her brother Sheldon, whom she promised to protect. Drugs, feuds, and her beliefs stand in the way of identifying the notorious Highlander in time to live her dream. However, menace reaches from Madison County's past. Do you struggle with depression, ongoing medical issues, or have you experienced past trauma? If you have, please consider the help of Energetic Healing. At Dragonfly Pond Holistic Services, we utilize Karuna Reiki, crystals to align and heal chakra function, meditation, and sound healing to address these issues and help you in your healing process. To learn more about Energetic Healing and how to contact us, Visit our website at dragonflypondenergy.com. For those who call in to schedule an appointment, mention this ad and receive $25 off your initial visit. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weirdos in the Wild. I'm AJ. And I'm Lynn. And this week we're going to talk about a, well, it's a follow-up kind of, um, First time for me being there, but Lynn and Missy and Haley, who are part of our Beyond This Life group, had been to this location once before, and we're going to tell you what happened this time. We had an interesting night, and hope you enjoy it. Um, first of all, remember, um, we are on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, the, Facebook, the interweb, as my son calls it. Um, <laughs> Go find us, follow us, like us, thumbs up, hearts, whatever the platform is that you do on that platform to, to say you like us, and, and we would appreciate that. Also, continue sending us some questions. We're getting some good ones, and uh, we like to respond to those. So, Yep, and sometime soon we're, we're planning on doing probably a live Q&A as well, or at least maybe broadcast live from a location. We like to do something live, especially for those of you that are avid followers, which we truly appreciate. Very much so. So yeah. we're going to, we can't tell you where we were um, because it's a private residence and it's, um, hopefully we've been there twice. Hopefully we'll be able to continue to go there and do some kind of a long-term investigation. I'm going to let Lynn give us a quick recap of uh, um what happened the first time that the girls were there 
And then we'll go into what happened when all four of us were there. Right. The first time we went, um, I'm sure that you remember us talking about a private investigation uh, at a house right on the river. The first time we went, it was myself, Missy, and Haley from Beyond This Life. And we ended the night kind of early. We had um, some REM pod activity. We had uh, motion sensors up. We had some activity from that as well. Um, But what made us kind of nervous is we had the portal going, which is the machine that scans radio frequencies and Um, the theory is that anyone that's passed over can manipulate those frequencies and their voice come through and you can hear them on the portal. So we had conversations going with both a man and a woman and they kept calling out the word witch and rocks in a pocket and which Haley had some crystals in her pocket and there was just, you know, a lot of things that, you know, it would shut up when she was in the house and whenever we she would go outside the portal we had all chatty again so we felt like we were making the spirits uncomfortable there no one as far as we know no one had investigated there before so you know out of respect for the spirits in the house we you know we wanted to to let them know we weren't there to hurt them or anything and we we went ahead and left so that they were comfortable and Haley was comfortable as well so there was a lot going on that night but we ended the night, I think, at like 10.30. So <laughs> we didn't, we, if we'd stayed longer, we probably would have gotten a lot more, but we didn't want to make anybody upset. And it was a very, I mean, the location is beautiful. Mm-hmm. The house is extremely old. Um, let everyone know there is no power to this, this building. No. There is no running water in this building. It is completely just shut down, basically. And... <clears throat> So we know we have no type of um, outside interference when it comes to, um, you know, electric or anything like that. Right. Um, so we all went back. Yes. All four of us. Yes. And met up that night. And um, we'll also kind of tell you this, that there was um, the owners of the property that were there for a part of the time while we were there. And some other members of their family had came too as well. So there was, um, you know, at, at one point in time, I guess there were seven, eight of us in the house. Maybe mm-hmm. but that was about it. Kind of give you an, an idea of the house. It's a very old house, um, very traditional built southern house. If you are familiar with the way a, a kind of an 1800s. Mm-hmm. Southern house would have been built. There is a main kind of a grand hallway in a lot of old southern houses that that lead from the front to the back of this house. Um, I've always been told it was it was made that way for two reasons: just because it was grand, and another reason I told was told was because in the summer you could move air in and out of the house. Makes sense to me. <laughs> uh, so I don't know, um, but we were also told that. Um, uh, there, part of this house had been built onto over the years. There was also a section of the house that at one point in time had been a doctor's office on two rooms of the house. And the rest of the house was just kind of a normal living area, family rooms, bedrooms, kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the kitchen area is what was bu- built on later. Mm-hmm. Cellar. Upstairs. Upstairs. And... Um, 
It, the house is in some disrepair. Yeah, the ceiling's fallen in in some places, and you know, paint and wallpaper peeling all over the place. And but it's still, even in that state of disrepair, it is a beautiful, beautiful home. Mm, very beautiful. On a very beautiful setting, as Lynn said, by the by the river. So we do have the water. Um, what do you want to call it? The water belief or whatever, you know, there's a belief yeah. that water um, draws in draws in the energies. Yeah. So kind of just that just the background of the of the of the property that we were on. Um so when we got there we set up all of our equipment. Um uh, we brought out the portal again. We brought out um the motion detectors. Mm-hmm. We had the cat balls, as we call them, and Lynn's going to talk to you about the cat balls in a little while. Um, we had rim pods. We had the rim pods, uh, and we had um, our FLIR going as well, mm-hmm. and uh, we have a, a new piece of equipment. Um, I don't know exactly. I can't remember. I call it a listening ear. Yeah, a listening yeah. ear. It's a giant kind of, I don't know what you know, it's like it has a... Looks like the cone of shame you put on a dog. Exactly. That is it. <laughs> the cone of shame. <laughs> um, but it, it has um, basically a set of uh, headphones that goes along with it. And you can hear like 10 times better than you could hear with your, your, your bare ear. So. Mm. Um, and uh, it was very cool. It was, it was, it was interesting to, to play with. I played with it a lot that night and actually had something happen. So, um, so I guess I'll just go ahead and tell everyone sure. what happened. Um, I was in um, a area that was kind of a family room that led off into a bathroom. There was a stairwell that went up to the, the upper level of the house, and then a, then there was a section that went off onto the newer part of the house where the, a kitchen had been built on it at a later um, time. And I was in there all by myself, and... This thing, this you can hear things. So, like, if you were to, you know, like, if I, I could hear myself, you know, walking. I could hear myself, you know, you know, I have, you know, I'm one of these people. I, I snap my fingers. I, I could hear myself snapping my finger. I could do that. Um, but I had something that, and it was not me. I heard a breath, and it was. I was the only real person in, in the room at the time. I think there was only two of us in the house at the time. I think only Haley and I were actually in the house at that time. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, and I'll try to recreate it, it was just kind of like, and it was almost like, and the way I Lynn explained it, which was perfect, it's almost like, oh, they're here again. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> you know, it was kind of like when you're, that sigh, like, oh, no. And it was kind of like, okay, they're here again. I only heard it once. Um, that was really the only thing that we really picked up on using that piece of equipment that night, but it was interesting. Never had that happen before. Yeah, so that, that I'm really excited to get to use that piece of equipment more, especially when we go to Waverly. Oh, it'll be great at yeah. Waverly or um, or Post Town. We're in big buildings. Mm-hmm. It will be great to use it in, in, in those locations. Yeah, because it's supposed to pick up sound from you know, good distances away. I know when we were testing it out, we could hear um, conversations from people outside the house. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that you could pick up a sigh from outside the house, but 
it was it's that, possible, but... It was in that room with me. Somewhere. Yeah. It was in that room. And they didn't, I guess they were just tired of it. They were like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Not these people again. <laughs> um, but that was just one of the things that happened. Um, I talked about the cat balls. Why don't you explain sure. what happened there, Lynn? We actually use, the, we call them cat balls because they're cat toys. Um, they have a lot of lights in them, that all different color lights that'll flash up whenever a cat bats it around. So it picks up movement and um, the lights will flash. So we had some of those just laying randomly around through the house. And we put a camera on one and I'll put the footage up on our website that we caught. Um, but when we... Where there was no, absolutely no one around, but it's in the area of the house where some other things happen that we'll tell you about here soon. Um, I think about eight minutes in after we walked out, the cat, the lights started flashing where the, the cat ball had moved. We'd had that also. That's the one we caught on camera, but it happened two or three other times just randomly in other rooms that all of a sudden those lights would, would go off. And I did test with it, you know, jumping up and down on the floor next to it to make sure it wasn't like, us walking across the floor somewhere and in vibration and all that and um, you had to be jumping pretty hard pretty close to it even in that old house for the lights to go off um, so and you know I was trying to make sure it was like motion detection too that you know could have picked up something and it that didn't never set it off either but it was pretty interesting to because I mean they were bright little lights so whenever it's you know, you're in a dark room, and all of a sudden those lights flash. It can startle you for a second, but but it was really interesting to see, especially on camera with no one around, that that picked up some movement. So whenever you're investigating, you want to try to explain to um, the spirits there, especially in a new location like this where they've not been over-investigated, you know, how to use the equipment, tell them, you know, hey, if you can make this ball move, the lights will come on and we'll know you're here. So... Um, you know, we did explain that ahead of time. So hopefully what we got was someone taking advantage of that, saying, hey, let's see if I can make that move. And so we, we and, got to see that. And not far from that, we had, that's when we had the REM pods set up in that very same area. Mm -hmm. And we had, we had been upstairs, and we'll talk about that in a little while, but we came down the steps and we came back into that main hallway that I was talking about earlier. We had the REM pods sitting up right there and as soon as we walked in there, they, we had the lights go off on the red pod. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> we also sat down. We had the K2 meter there, too. We did. We set the K2 down there as well. And it went off as well. Yep. And um, basically, they were going off at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, and then we, as, as fast as the activity came, it was gone. Right. Which, you know, again, to mention, you know, we had the K2 there and there's no electricity in that house. Right. So. Uh, and we did the testing when we first yeah, walked we in. We swept the building. Yeah. But it's one of the things we always do. We sweep the building to, with, to make sure. Because we've been in enough old buildings and we've seen some scary <laughs> electrical <laughs> uh, yeah. work done over hundreds of years. And so we know that we're going to run into things like that a lot of times. This was not the case. No, because there was, like he said, there was no power on in the house. So we didn't have anything like that that could interfere. We did find the first time we were there that our phones would, you know, if we were didn't have it on airplane mode and would get on Facebook or whatever while we're there, that 
that would set off some equipment. So we did learn, you know, we proved that. We debunked some of the stuff that we had there. But, you know, this was in a room all by itself. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we had a hard time explaining something interfering with that. Yeah, and it was almost as if it, like I said, we were upstairs and we had been doing some of the Estes method upstairs. Mm-hmm. And we came right downstairs. It was almost as if whatever it was followed us downstairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is very possible. Yeah, we seem to have that a lot. We do. Um, we sure do. <laughs> um, and you know what we also have, which was kind of like that, and we had that happen again that night, is um, we find out that these entities, spirits, ghosts, whatever you want to call them, they they kind of want us to interact with them at times and then Mm -hmm. like we'll like take a little break or we'll go you know outside or we'll go into kind of our area where we've set up and you know grab a drink and some snacks and all at once that's when all the activity happens it's kind of like like, hey hey, hey. come back (laughs) come back (laughs) you were talking to me get back here (laughs) um which i guess leads us to a a very good example of that um you want to tell them about the shadow people we saw while we were taking a break outside? We were all, well, not all of us. There was five of us there at the time. Three of us were sitting on the, Missy Haley and I were sitting on the steps. Um, another gentleman that was with us was standing near one the front of the car, and AJ was standing near the back of the car, which we had parked right in front of the house. And we're, you know, talking to each other because we're facing each other. And we're taking a break because it's, the building's hot. It's hot yeah, it's hot. And, and sometimes you do, when you're around paranormal activity, it, it can be really draining. So sometimes you just got to go kind of clear your head a little bit. So we're all standing outside laughing, joking around, having a good time. And all of a sudden, AJ goes, hey, Lynn, come here. And I'm like, okay. So I get up and I go stand by him at the, at the back of the car. And he says, tell me what you see. And he points back into the because we could see all the way down the grand hallway because we had the door wide open trying to keep, you know, cool the place off. And I'm standing there, and there's two old pianos that... Upright pianos. Upright pianos that are in, you know, really bad shape. They're taken apart, and they're just kind of sitting in the room. And as we're standing there, all of a sudden I see a shadow peek up over the piano. And then it went back down behind the piano. And I thought, okay, maybe I'm, you know... My brain's playing tricks on me, my eyes or whatever. And I keep watching, and it does it again. And I said, I'm seeing something peek up over the piano. And AJ's like, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, we don't don't tell each other what we see. We just kind of like Lynn said, hey, come here. Come here. What's over there? What what, what do you see over there? Yeah. Or I grab AJ by the elbow and scare him to death. That that happened. (laughs) But, yeah, that was... So we just stood outside and watched that for a little bit, and then we went inside to to see if you know the activity would continue. And uh, at one point, we walked towards the back of the house where we could see in another room, and we can see the shadow standing back there by the window, like it's looking out over the backyard. And it was blocking out part of the window frame that we could see on the inside, but it was also blocking out some like ambient moonlight that was coming in through the window so we could clearly see them standing there the interesting part is that is where Haley exactly saw the full body aberration when you all Mm -hmm. were there the first time 
Yep, in the exact same spot, doing the exact same thing. Then AJ and I went in the room after that and with the flashlight, and we were looking at the windowsill, and that part of the window that it leaned against had turned black. So I wondered, I don't know if the spirit had turned it black or there was a man that lived there and had, I believe, died either. He was in the house, and, and I think he might have been in that room because his clothes were in that room. But if maybe every day he went and leaned on that windowsill and watched the birds outside or looked at the lake that's back behind the house or, you know, something. Could have been a residual mm-hmm. haunting type of situation where he, like, you know, we saw... We saw, you know, we saw the, the, the shadow figure. Haley saw the full body figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw the shadow in the same spot the same night she saw the full body. So it's very possible it could be a residual. And for those that don't know, residual haunting is basically it's like a broken record. The, the entity does not know really what it's doing. It just does the same thing over and over and over and over again. Right. Um, but Haley did get to see her first full body aversion. Yeah, she did. So she was, she was excited over that. She saw one at Fairfield County too. So Fairfield County infirmary. So it seems like once you see one, then you, it's like your brain knows what it's looking for or something. I don't know. I don't know how that works, but. I don't know. We've both seen them. So. Yeah. (laughs) It's old hat to us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But we, uh, AJ and I both also had a different experience with the shadow person that night um in the same area with the whole room full of people tell them about that because there was one point aj standing over back by the back door um and he turns around and all and he says holy crap i I just saw a shadow right behind me i just saw the shadow so it was right there yeah like it was right beside me right so i didn't see it at that time but you know i don't doubt aj because aj doesn't pretend he doesn't make stuff up so um a little later i don't know how somehow he and i changed positions and he's at the front door and i'm at the back door and all the other people are still in there kind of milling around and all of a sudden the shadow came up from my right side and like peeked around in my face and i jumped and usually i don't jump scare very often but i jumped and was like holy crap there's there's a shit i just saw it it was right there but it was it just like hello i'm here you know that's kind of what it was to me it's just kind of like walked up beside me almost yeah yeah so and that all that was in maybe 10 square feet we were then yes yeah we were within a couple feet of each other where we were standing yeah yeah so so maybe it could have been that could have been a residual thing as well who knows maybe we were just standing in the right spot Mm-hmm. Um, but it it did happen. Yeah. In the same, basically the same spot. So. And I guess you could say, you know, because you had that experience, maybe my mind was thinking I would have that experience, but it was just so vivid that that thing came. I don't want to call it a thing because that seems kind of kind of mean, but it just was just right there, right in my face. So we also had some interaction using the portal. Yeah. Um, and. Um, we believe what we first had was a intelligent haunting. And then after Lynn and I especially talked about it a little bit more, we think what we had was we were talking to at least two different entities. Mm-hmm. One a man, one a woman. And we think the man was actually an intelligent haunting. 
And we feel like that the woman was a residual haunting. Yes. Um, the man, we've, we got a name of William. Um, we got the name more than once, and we got it um, in the downstairs part of the house, and we got it in the upstairs part of the house. Um, and this entity followed us from downstairs to upstairs and then back downstairs. Yep. Um, so, and it was the same person. I mean, he kept telling us his name was William. Mm-hmm. And he kept telling us that he was a soldier. Right. And that he was ill. Um, so, we know that at one point in time that this house was used during the, um, the Civil War and used as basically an infirmary. Right. So there is that possibility that, you know, he could have been a soldier and we, we did not get, was he a soldier from the North or the South? We did not get that. Hydra Publications is your one stop for the best in genre fiction. Secrets and Blood is the debut horror novel from Dewey Hensley. Evangeline Grace, the sheriff in a small town, Eastern Kentucky coal mining county, longs to start a new life in another place. However, present and past evils conspire to jeopardize her plans and end the lives of those she loves, including her brother Sheldon, whom she promised to protect. Drugs, feuds, and her beliefs stand in the way of identifying the notorious Highlander in time to live her dream. However, Menace reaches from Madison County's past. Do you struggle with depression, ongoing medical issues, or have you experienced past trauma? If you have, please consider the help of Energetic Healing. At Dragonfly Pond Holistic Services, we utilize Karuna Reiki, crystals to align and heal chakra function, meditation, and sound healing to address these issues and help you in your healing process. To learn more about energetic healing and how to contact us, visit our website at dragonflypondenergy.com. For those who call in to schedule an appointment, mention this ad and receive $25 off your initial visit. Welcome back to Weirdos in the Wild. Before we return to our program, AJ and I would like to take a moment to remember my brother, John Tincher, co-founder of Beyond This Life Paranormal, and Alan Oxley, AJ's father. Both passed away just before we recorded our first episode. Each and every episode going forward from this one on will be in remembrance of them. Thank you. Um, In Kentucky, um, where we, you know, in this part of the world, it could be either one. Right, because we're kind of on the border. Uh, so um, another thing that was interesting was is that the owner of the property had found some old uh, yeah some some old photo albums yeah that um, that had been there from the past owners of of the building I found it interesting because I always find the if we can find some history of the location or maybe history of some of the people that live there you know maybe we can look at a like a like a like a lot of old photographs people put names on them you know mm-hmm. um, and a year unfortunately um, 
these did not have names or years on them. They were just in a, in a um, album. Um, but there was a big section of this album where there was a gentleman that was lots of pictures of him being in the army. Um, so, is it possible that he could have been this person and, and not a person that was there during the the time of the Civil War? It is, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, the pictures and the time period and the um, you know the dress, the vehicles were there. Look like that this person may have been in the in the army during like the World War Two Korean War era. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know, but it was it was interesting that we could at least tie somebody from the house directly to being in the military. Right, and you know, like you said, it used to be an infirmary, but I believe it was an infirmary during the Civil War. Plus, you know, when you you said the guy said that he was ill, it makes me think it might have been the later period that he died from some illness after coming home. Mm-hmm. Instead, of, well, I guess you know, in an infirmary, they could have been ill too, not just injured. So, I don't know, but that's that was my my intuition on it as well that it was like the World War Two time period. That's kind of my thought was, and you know, we never got anything that said. Hey, I lived here in 1947 or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, that's kind of just the, the feeling I had too, you know. So. Right. And the, when we were, there was also at some point um, a young woman that lived in the house that was, I don't know if she was addicted to meth or cocaine or what, but she was, you know, she was in a bad way and she was living in the house even in its state of disrepair, and they had to really throw her out, unfortunately, but it took a while to get her out. But we had pictures of her that was there as well, and when we were talking about that was when the portal started talking about a witch again. So that made us start thinking that instead of the the spirits calling Haley a witch, because Haley also has red hair, that maybe they was associating it with this girl that lived there and that maybe she might've done witchcraft or someone else like her that had been in the house had done witchcraft in the house and upset the spirits. Um, because you know, that feeling of, you know, trying to make Haley feel uncomfortable or Haley feeling uncomfortable and all that didn't happen when she came back. But again, it started talking about witches and, and so we wondered if maybe just, you know, it was an old abandoned house. If, Possibly, you know, someone had done witchcraft there, and they they didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we also had um, that, and, and speaking with the gentleman that we we call we're calling William, we interacted with him on the first floor and on the second floor, mm-hmm. and he was giving us direct answers to our questions. So, um, you know, we're pretty confident that there's at least a male that that is that is there. Yep. Um, and you know he, um, it, you know we could be talking about more than one male because we also know the, the, um, you know the, the shadow figures, the full body that was in the house. Um, you know it could be the same. It could be you know, but like I said, it could be the residual. So there could be more than one gentleman that's there. We interacted with a female. Mm-hmm. And 
You want to tell them what we found with the female? We had, well, there was a female voice downstairs that said witch. So there could possibly be two females. That's true. That's true. But upstairs, when Haley was doing the Estes method, we kept hearing pregnant, fell down the stairs, lost the baby, pregnant, fell down the stairs, lost the baby, just over baby. and over, Everything baby, baby. Yes. So that made me... It, just all of a sudden struck me and I, I said out loud, I think this is residual. We kept getting, yes, because we kept getting the exact same responses. Just over and over, no yep. matter what the question was. Yep. So that made me think someone there may have fallen down the stairs and lost her baby or, you know, could have been a patient of the doctors at the time and fallen down the stairs somewhere else and came right. there and lost the baby maybe passed away. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of scenarios, but just the fact that that seemed to be on a loop and we kept getting those same answers over and over again, that there was a residual haunting there of this, this poor woman and losing her baby. Yeah. So it, it was definitely makes kind of a sad. lot of sense. And, and once we talked through it even more, it, it made perfect sense. Yeah. So we, we really believe that was residual. And we did have an incident, too, with the FLIR camera that we were using. And the FLIR camera is the camera that does different, um, you could see different temperatures. So the hotter something is, the brighter it gets all the way up to white. And the colder something is, it goes all the way down, you know, all the red, blues, and yellows, down, all the way down to black. Mm-hmm. And it was a hot day. It was, like, nearly 90 and it was still hot that evening, and we had the FLIR pointed at the front door, and there was a black blob, like up in the right-hand corner. Um, it always stayed, it seemed like it was outside the house, because Haley kept putting her hands up in that area, and you can always see Haley's hot hands with the black always behind it, so it's like it was something outside looking in. So that was... That was interesting as well. Which we did kind of go outside for a little bit, and I never really felt like there was anything outside. I didn't. At least. Um, you know, if you know, you know. Kind of thing, you know <laughs> that you, you know, you just didn't feel it. You right. just didn't feel it. Right. And nothing felt bad there ever. No, nothing did feel bad there. There was ever. Um, one of the other interesting parts was, as we mentioned that early, that. The owners of the of the property were there with us for a little while, mm-hmm. and some other members of their family. And um, the the lady that owns the property, um, she truly believes that that there is some sort of activity going in the house. Yeah. Now I would say the husband is a skeptic. Yes. I would say that there are other family members. Um, uh, they were on the fence. I think they were on the fence. <laughs> yes, yeah. they were. Um, the interesting thing was, is that, um, the lady that owned the property, that day she had on a purple shirt. Yep. Um, only person there that had any purple on. We kept getting the word purple all night long. Mm-hmm. We were doing the Estes method. We were doing the portal. We were, you know, we would say, do you know this person? And yet, yes. And we would get purple. And, mm-hmm. um, so that was very interesting as well because it was as if the, the entities knew her and they were comfortable with her. And they were comfortable with her being there. Mm-hmm. And when she left, because they didn't stay the whole night, that activity stopped. Yes. When they left, 
just everything went quiet. Yep. So it was... And it was almost as if that she left so that they were no longer comfortable interacting. Or they follow her around, one or the one other. One or the other, <laughs> yep. Not to make her feel uncomfortable that she's got no, some money. There is, as Lynn said, there is nothing in that no. house that I felt was bad, evil, whatever you want to say. Right. Um, just nothing there. Um, but it was very, very strange that when she left, our activity just was was done for the night. Yeah. So we just kind of sat around for a little while tried to get something else and we had nothing so we kind of packed it up fairly early it was more like one o'clock in the morning instead of ten thirty. but we didn't hang around much after that because it just just wasn't there and it's funny you know aj's favorite line is when you know you know um when there's a paranormal activity you feel it but you don't know you're feeling it until it stops yep and it's and like then, hearing a fan run, and then you don't realize how loud the fan is until it stops. And then you do. You do yeah. know when it's done for the night. You, yeah. You just, you just feel it, and you're just like, all right, that's it. And it's not I'm just done. one of us that feels it. Every single one of us is like, okay, it's done. We're done. And it, I don't, it's, it's got to be some level of vibration that you, you pick up on, and you don't really realize you're picking up on it. So I guess maybe sometimes you do, but... You don't realize how much you're picking up on it until all of a sudden it's like a light switch and it turns off. There's several places we've been that's like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a couple of places where we've been where I, I also felt like we probably could have stayed longer. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's like a post town. We had we had that feeling in post town that it just town. stopped, and then when we go to leave, it starts again. Yeah. You know. It's Post crazy. Town Post town is. Well, We're going back next weekend. I can't yeah. wait. <laughs> it's, it's, that place is crazy. Yeah. I, there's. There are a few places in this world where I can tell you it's 100 percent haunted, and that is one of them. That and Ross Opera House. Yes. And Waverly. Yeah. Um, and Waverly. <laughs> We're going there too. That gave me and goosebumps. We're, we're going to all three of them coming up, guys. Yes. So, uh, we are going to some of our favorite places. Um, you know the jail in Tennessee. Yeah. But I think we could. St- I think we could have spent more time there too. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot that. That was where my brother. Well, we. I won't tell. We'll, we'll save that for another that. episode. We'll talk about that one later. We had some. We had some cool stuff happen that night. Yeah. Anyway, so um, so I guess we've kind of let you guys know what we're going to be doing next. Next week's post town. Next week is post town. Um, if you are not familiar, look it up. Postal Elementary in Middletown, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, their slogan is, when you leave, you believe. And, and you, will you do. <laughs> you will definitely believe. So we're going to have some good, hopefully, well, we will. Yeah. We'll have some good stuff to tell you. Yeah. We'll have a, a good group of people with us that night, too. And We're going to be with, and we'll talk about that later. We're going to, I guess that's called a tease. Yeah. We're going to have some. Some big some name experts, people. Experts. Some experts. Mm-hmm. And, that ain't, that, and that's not Lynn and I, let me tell you. That's <laughs> not Lynn and I. We're getting there. We're getting there. But we're going to have some people that are definitely experts and some people that are, are good friends in this, in this uh, ghost hunting community. And um, I'm hoping to learn some more from them. Mm-hmm. 
And then in, on August 18th, we're back to Ross Upper House and we're taking Keith Age's ghost hunting class so that we can become more of an expert. Keith is definitely an expert. And we will uh, be uh, investigating there as well. And I look forward to it because that's where I saw my first absolutely without a shadow of a doubt shadow person. <sighs> yeah, that was that was my life changing moment, I think. But I guess I was a second shadow person. So. I saw one in like Waverly. So. Oh, yeah. I did see one in Waverly before that. But I, the one I saw there was there. Well, I saw, saw the one twice. you saw and then I saw another one. Uh-huh. That was the second one. Was the life changing one for me? Yeah, I've seen shadow people before, but it's always been that fleeting, um, out of the corner of your eye, or you could see across a room or something real quick. But Ross Opera House, when you when we stood staring it in the face and it stared back, mm-hmm. where there is no doubt that that was there. That's just well, three of us saw it. Mm-hmm. That's just the moment I'm like, oh my god, that is real. <laughs> So we'll talk about Raw's coming up. We'll talk about our experiences there when we were, um, well, this will be the third time. Mm-hmm. This will be the third time we've been there. Yep. And we've had strange things happen every time. Yep. The second time was crazy. We were being filmed. We were being filmed, and we had some, but we had some activity that night. We had. That was when your phone got thrown. Yeah, my, third, my phone got thrown that night. <laughs> That was weird. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, but we've got lots to talk about coming up. So um, so stick around with us, please. Uh, we're blown away by the responses we've had. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, follow us, like us. We've got a Patreon account if you want to financially support us in this so we make sure we can go to more adventures but that's if you go to our website weirdosinthewild.com you can see the the support button there where you can go sign up um what else we got we got all kinds of stuff check us out on um beyond this life as well mm-hmm. beyond this life or btlpara.com yeah we will probably i'm sure we'll probably be doing some lives next week at post town yep so look yep. out for that Especially on uh, on both Facebook pages, Beyond This Life Paranormal and Weirdos in the Wild, um, just so that you all know we're we're having something in honor of my brother. So we plan on doing some some lives there, especially if you knew my brother John Tincher. Um, listen in and and hear what we've got going on. So um, John was one of those paranormal experts. He was. He w- he would say he wasn't, no, but he, he, would was. Say he wasn't. But he was. I, the the only time well the first time the only time I've been to post town I think I asked him eight million questions, and he didn't mind. Oh no, he loved to teach it and nope. loved to. No, nope. he he did not mind at all. So. His his life was changed was changed by paranormal experiences, and he loved to to be able to share that with with others. So yep. he had a love for teaching the the techniques and and debunking. He was like the ultimate debunker of everything. So he was a great one to always have around on these things. Because you knew if he thought, okay, yeah, this is paranormal, it would have been paranormal. <laughs> but forward to this, we're going to celebrate John, and we're going to uh, enjoy this uh, this location, mm-hmm. which was John's favorite. Yep. So 
that's coming up and I also want to make sure that I take just a moment to to thank Hydra Publications and Dragonfly Pond Holistic Services because they've been financially supporting us on along all since the beginning of the podcast so so we really appreciate you guys plug your new endeavor too oh yeah well <laughs> me who's always got to put my fingers in a different pot <laughs> i've got a new uh bookstore coming up that uh it's going to be more than just a bookstore it's got new and used books but it also has an author and artist resource center coming that can help um from the ground up that's the name of the bookstore so the community is helping me set it from the ground up i'm getting several financial donations which i am totally floored by um, and lots of book donations so we're building the the store from the ground up as well as helping build authors and artists from the ground up and i'll announce it here for the first time um, we're also going to have a component of the store that can help build the person from the ground up because um, we're going to be offering different holistic and Reiki services and selling, you know, crystals and different holistic health items as well. So it's going to be a whole, whole thing. And I'm really excited. And the community seems to be really behind me on this, which I am very honored and, and grateful for. Yeah. And maybe it'll be the Weirdos in the Wild World headquarters as well. Yep. We're hoping to put a little space in there where we can not be recording from home <laughs> so we're, we're getting more professional every day it seems we've added headphones and microphones and you know computers and we're getting to be a little more technical instead of walking around with our iphones all the time which which was fine and it's great but you know it's getting somewhere guys thanks yeah. to you all yeah. very proud of them so oh well i'm proud of you it's all your idea yeah, don't leave me like that. <laughs> anyway, we won't go there. Um, so I think we, are we at a good spot? I think so. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. Um, look forward to Post Town. I hope you'll look forward to our, our upcoming um, next podcast where we can tell you all about it. So, Lynn, take us home. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and keep it weird, y'all. Thank you for joining us at Weirdos in the Wild. Please show us some love and support on our Patreon account at Weirdos in the Wild. Like us on all of our social media. And if you've had an experience you'd like to share with us, visit our site at weirdosinthewild.com. Until next time, keep it weird, y'all. Hydra Publications is your one stop for the best in genre fiction. Secrets and Blood is the debut horror novel from Dewey Hensley. Evangeline Grace, the sheriff in a small town, Eastern Kentucky coal mining county, longs to start a new life in another place. However, present and past evils conspire to jeopardize her plans and end the lives of those she loves, including her brother Sheldon, whom she promised to protect. Drugs, feuds, and her beliefs stand in the way of identifying the notorious Highlander in time to live her dream. However, menace reaches from Madison County's past. Do you struggle with depression, ongoing medical issues, 
or have you experienced past trauma? If you have, please consider the help of Energetic Healing. At Dragonfly Pond Holistic Services, we utilize Karuna Reiki, crystals to align and heal chakra function, meditation, and sound healing to address these issues and help you in your healing process. To learn more about energetic healing and how to contact us, visit our website at dragonflypondenergy.com. For those who call in to schedule an appointment, mention this ad and receive $25 off your initial visit.